I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Burnley update, of course, joined by Jamie. You can find on Twitter at Jamie Smith Sport. You can also find his work over at Omnisport and the many places that they provide content to. Uh, Jamie, an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, it's not like last year. Burnley aren't the last club to to get into the transfer market, although I suppose it didn't happen last year. I guess that was still Tottenham. But some early deals uh, from Burnley ahead of 2019-20 starts with the signing of Eric Peters, another Stoke City player, uh, heading to Turf Moor. What did you make of the signing of the left-back? Yeah, it's good to get up and running early to start with. Um, I'm a bit torn on Peters, really, because I was hoping that we'd sign a first-choice left-back. Never really been a fan of Charlie Taylor, although I accept that he did improve a lot last season. And I think it's probably fair that he gets a crack at it for the coming campaign. But I still felt it was a position that we could improve. Um, but judged as a as a purely backup sort of emergency option, squad cover, probably couldn't ask for more than Peters. It's a cheap deal. He's not that old, experienced player. Lots of games in the Premier League played international football for Netherlands. So I think it'll be a reasonable addition, although us signing someone who couldn't get in the team at Stoke does seem to be quite a regular thing now. Um, essentially, he's just replaced Stephen Ward, who's gone to Stoke, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's a, a sign that's very difficult to get excited about, but it'll, it'll probably play a, a backup role to Taylor, who will hopefully continue to kick on because like I said, I've not been a fan, but he did get a lot better over the course of last season. Yeah, that road between Burnley and Stoke has become well-worn of late. <laughs> but we'll get back to that in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a signing that uh, will obviously be a bit more exciting is the returning of Jay Rodriguez from West Brom, who will surely be disappointed to be losing him, considering he's been a primary factor in their attack for the past two seasons. The one Premier League and the one championship, obviously. Uh, Over social media and everything, uh, people seem to be very excited about the return of Jay Rodriguez. Were you as well? Yes, definitely. I mean, I think you do have to be wary sometimes about bringing players back. It often doesn't work as well for the second time around. But he's a hometown hero, really. Burnley born and bred. I was actually at school with Jay. He was a year below me at high school. So I don't know him, but... He's, he's hugely popular with Burnley fans. Obviously, our youth system hasn't worked that well in the modern era. So he's, one, he's the main success story, really, until Dwight McNeil last season. Um, Jay's the only player that was really brought through and developed over the last 10 years. So fantastic to see him back. Um, I think the deal's 
excellent as well. I heard earlier in the summer about this release clause in his contract. It seems to be five million now, five million next season. For a player who's scored goals in the Premier League, adds a lot of variation. Um, it seems like a real bargain. It is essentially one in for one out again here because he basically replaces Sam Volks in the squad Volks left in January. Spoke to Stoke, obviously. Um, and we only replaced him with Peter Crouch, who's retired, I'm sure, from Peter Crouch. So the squad's basically where it was at the end of last season, but you could certainly say stronger with Jay coming in. I think the important thing with Rodriguez is that he really adds extra variation to our attack. Dash went back to his four four two last season, back end of the campaign when we started getting away from the trouble, it worked very well. Barnes and Wood as a strike force, very effective. They complement each other quite nicely, despite the fact they're broadly similar, sort of both target man type strikers. Rodriguez is something different, really. But he could play on his own up front if needed. He can play on the left of a front three. He can play as a number ten in a front two. I suspect that we might see him in sort of an attacking midfield role, the position that Jeff Hendricks played more often than not when we have gone for five in midfield behind a one. So it might be that Rodriguez plays off Barnes or off Wood. Um, but yeah, certainly a very good signing for me and hopefully can stay fit because obviously he's had real fitness issues in the past with a couple of serious injuries alone. Played a lot of games last season, so hopefully that's that's behind him. It seems like a really good value signing, really obvious one to make to bring back a, a home hero, really. I'm really excited to see him in Burnley calls again. Yeah, you mentioned um, where he might play on the pitch, because the question was, how do you fit him on there with, like you say, with Wood and Barnes both up there and seemingly scoring at equal rates uh, over the past two seasons? So it sounds like you, it, you think he might be playing a bit more in a creative midfielder role, do you think that he would also be uh, expected to carry a lot of the creative weight as well? Or are you looking for the goals that he was scoring for West Brom? Uh, probably a bit of both. I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if he starts on the bench and if Dash starts the season with Barnes and Ward in the 4-4-2. Because it, it was effective second half of last season. Dash likes to stick to his systems and his plans and his players that have worked. Um so you know, new signings almost always have to wait for their chance. So I would imagine early weeks of the season will be used as first change as a as a substitute striker. Um, but long term, I think probably he'll play as sort of the second striker, either the number ten or pushing on from attacking midfield. That role's sort of the same for Burnley. Our number tens are the sort of fleet footed playmakers that you might see in European football are very much players who can work really hard, track back, and then chip in with goals as well. So I suspect that might be his role. But also it does allow us to play that 4-5-1 um, with a goal threat on the wing as well. That's something that we la- liked a bit last season. McNeil chipped in with a few after he came into the team, but Gunmanson and Brady didn't really contribute as, as maybe as heavily as they could have. Both players have had some injury problems, so if we do want to play a sort of 4-5-1, 4-3-3, Rodriguez is a really strong option on the left as well because he's very strong at coming in on that, off that left wing. Gotcha. Well, it'll c- certainly be interesting to see when and how he comes into the side. But as you say, definitely 
a positive addition nonetheless. Of course, another replacement is an attacking player for the departing Burnley legend, Peter Crouch. You, you loved that move in January. Uh, what did you make of his incredibly brief stint at Turf 1? Not much. <laughs> Obviously, I've been on the show before and talked about it. I didn't really see the point of it. I think we just needed a body to come in to sort of replace Volks as a backup option. Um, he didn't really have any impact for us. Didn't score a goal, won a penalty. I think that was about it. Um, yeah, he seems like a nice enough bloke, so I don't want to slag him off too much, but it, it was just very sort of unimaginative sort of signing that you don't need a scouting system to do it. In case of Crouch is available, he can come in and just do a job, be a body. Um, and obviously, he was at Stoke, who seems to be the only other club that we can sign players from. Uh, so yeah, I'm not happy to see him go or anything, but I think it was the right move, and he probably should have retired last year, to be honest, because his last season he didn't really contribute anything for us. He was out for two months after having his appendix out. It was like, <laughs> what was the point of signing him? He can't even play. Um, but even towards the end of last season, you can see that he was winding down. He's got his successful podcast. He does all the media stuff. So. It was basically a former footballer already coming and sat on the bench for us and maybe come on for five minutes at the end. So I don't think it's going to make any difference. And the Rodriguez coming in, we've certainly got more more variety in our attack now than, than just stick Crouch on and hack big balls up to him. <laughs> yeah, not so much a, a transfer that worked out, as you say, but on the whole, he's retired. He obviously contributed a lot to my club, so... Uh... Right off into that good sunset there, Crouchy. Um, what other deals do you think we could see in the summer with kind of these ins and outs that we've already discussed? I'm sure there are other parts of the squad that you'd like to see bolstered. Yeah, it's a funny one, really, because there's never that much speculation around incoming to the Rodriguez one. It seems to be an obvious deal with the release calls that have been reported, but it's still took until sort of the start of pre-season training for them to get that done, so... I don't imagine we're going to do a lot of business and certainly not soon. Might be a couple later in the window. Dash has said that the squad's basically, we've signed two to replace two. So I'm sure he will want a couple of extra bodies. There are also players coming back to hopefully full fitness like Stephen DeFore, who barely kicked the ball last season because of various injuries, but was brilliant in the campaign before. So if he can be fit, he can be the quote mark like a new signing quote mark that fans always like to go on about because he is probably our best midfielder if he is fit but it's a gigantic if just because he never seems to be fit uh, right back seems to be an area where we're looking to strengthen I can said a lot that Phil Bardsley started quite a lot of games last season I don't think there's many Premier League clubs that Bardsley would play for these days obviously he came from Stoke since the uh, yeah, um, the running trend here, so it might be a case of who have Stoke got that they don't want <laughs> we buy them. But really, there's no reason why there shouldn't be some money to spend. The club's phenomenally well run, making sizable profits. Seems quite sustainable in the way we're expanding things like the wage bill, turnovers going up, all, all these good things in terms of off the field. So hopefully this summer's one that we can look to be a, a bit more ambitious. I don't necessarily like when fans say oh, there's no ambition the board needs to spend some money but having had a bit of a scare in the first half of last season mm. I think this is a real opportunity for us to try and kick on and try and progress I think 
a real high-class midfielder would be a good addition. Um, maybe some pace in attack, either out wide or as a striker. Um, despite Rodriguez signing, that would be useful as well. I'm sure every club in the Premier League would like a 15-20 goal season striker. We're no different, we probably can't afford one. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's more a case of shipping out some of the Deadwood first. Players like Matty Vidro wow. haven't really worked out. Um, I imagine we'll be open to offers for him. Uh, the main one that's slightly concerning maybe at the moment is James Tarkovsky. There seems to be a lot of talk that if Harry, if Harry Maguire leaves Leicester, Tarkovsky might be a target for them. Um, so I suppose that's in the back of our mind in terms of planning for the coming season that the Maguire deal might rumble on and if he moves close to the deadline, Leicester might go for Tarkovsky and then we have to try and replace him. But there's Ben Gibson in reserve who we signed last summer and who hardly played. So you'd think Gibson will be able to step up if needed, but that seems to be one that might well um, have an impact on us. I think it's a, a trend in the Premier League at the moment that people are waiting for a couple of big deals to happen and that might sort of pave the way, um, oil the wheels a bit for some of the other deals to go. I think there's quite a few clubs who are waiting for money to come in for players that they're trying to get rid of or players they expect to leave. Like you said, Ericsson at Spurs, I think there's an anticipation he's going to go and then Spurs will have some money to play with. So mm. I think there's a few different clubs in that position and Burnley maybe that sort of chain with Tarkovsky as well. Yeah, it'll be certainly be interesting. You mentioned Vidra there. Do you think he, he'll just head back to the championship where obviously he's had far more success than he has in the Premier League? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think he's done enough to, to get a Premier League move. He, he might go abroad, I suppose. It's a tricky one with Vidra because he did score a lot of goals in the championship. He was top scorer, I think, um, the season before we signed him. So he's clearly got something, but just doesn't really seem to, to fit the way Dash wants to play, which begs the question, why Why did we sign him? I'm not sure we've yeah. really researched him closely enough. I don't personally think he's really had a fair crack. One of the only games he started last season was Man City away. He started up front on his own. It's like, what's the point? What, what are you expecting him to achieve in that situation? So, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily been Vidra's fault. Um, obviously we don't see what goes on in training maybe he's not worked hard enough you, you just don't know about these things we feel a bit bad for him but if he stays it's hard to see him being anything other than fourth choice at best yeah and that's probably not good enough considering a championship club would probably offer a decent chunk of change um, to get what you said uh, was the 2016-17 leader in goals in the championship. Um, all right. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for your time today. We will leave it there. Tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Jamie Smith Sport, if you so wish. Talking plenty about Burnley and sharing some of my stuff on there as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. Best of luck through the rest of this offseason. Hopefully you don't have to sign anyone else from Stoke, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.